You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. What up, though? I am Sterling Tolls, uh, part-time, <laughs> part-time host of Detroit is Different here with a longtime friend, compadre, uh, rapper I just find out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <Singo> Reed. <laughs> One of the, the, the amazing creatives I look at as um, a pillar in the arts community in the city of Detroit. Oh, thank you. Um, that was also nurtured and brought up by creatives in the city of Detroit. No doubt. No doubt. So in a lot of ways carrying that legacy. So being that I've known you more than half our lives, right? You know, <laughs> two thirds maybe. Dang, it's been that long. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> was 16, 16 years old at Cast Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, well, yeah. I was seventeen. Were you seventeen, I 17. already? I was seven. I was seventeen. When was your birthday? June, June twentieth. Okay, so you were seventeen when you got there. Yep. Okay. Yep. So him and I met actually at Cast Tech. So. Mm. This is 1993, right? Yes. 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 And tell them why you ended up at Cast Tech. Well, I so I attended <laughs> I attended Renaissance High School uh, for my, the first three years, uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year, and my teacher was Oni Aquila, and uh, she she's a photographer and uh, still active uh, in Detroit today as a photographer, and uh, she basically offered mostly photography classes. So for three years like I exhausted all of her photography classes that she offered I think I took fashion and drawing but you know basic drawing and those kinds of things but going into my senior year like I really needed to bolster my portfolio uh, you know when I for applying to college mm -hmm. and so there was a conversation that was had between Oni Aquila from Renaissance Marion Stevens who was the head of the art department at uh -huh. Cass Tech uh, and uh, Shirley Woodson-Reed, my mother, who was the supervisor uh -huh. of Detroit Public Schools, and they figured out a way for me to transfer to Cass Tech. To, to, from to my, take your talents to South Beach, right? I took my, <laughs> I took my talents downtown to Cass Tech, and, uh, and it was a, an amazing experience. I, so the, the academics at Renaissance were so rigorous that I really, all I needed to take was English. I had English and I had AP government. Right. And I had like five art classes, one first semester. Right. Second semester, I had like six art classes. Right. And I was able to take painting, design, um, commercial arts, like all of these things that I hadn't had yet. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these skills that I hadn't developed. And I was able, I was in this creative space. I was in this amazing class with you, Jason Phillips, and like all these other like right. super talented people. So I had to like raise my game up, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it, was it was an amazing experience. But I have to say, I'm glad I did not start at Cast Tech. Why is that? I'd have gotten in trouble, man. <laughs> Why would you have gotten in trouble? Cast Tech was a, uh, a building with 4,000 people. Yeah. 4,000 people, yeah. including students yeah. coming in and out. I remember that first day for me at Cast. Uh -huh. Like, mind you, I come from a, 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 a K through 8. We had about maybe 250 kids, mm -hmm. tops, mm -hmm. right? And I remember wow. pulling up in front of Cass the first day of ninth grade, and literally it was a line around the corner like it was a concert. Right. <laughs> and it's right. like, oh right. my God. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's real. So yeah, you were coming into that. I was coming into that, and 
but I was cool. I mean, I, I didn't, because I didn't know anyone, I was able to really focus. Right. And, you know, friend, our friendships, my friendships developed over time. Mm-hmm. Coming in, I mean, there were some people I knew f- from, you know, previous schools or whatever, mm-hmm. but really I was just, it was just me. I was solo. And I mm-hmm. know that if I had walked in that building as a freshman, as an immature freshman, mm-hmm. I don't know that I wouldn't have made, always used my better judgment. <laughs> There's a lot of distractions There's at Cass, too. There's a lot of distractions at Cass Tech. Whereas at Renaissance, I, I didn't have that many, I didn't have yeah. that many distractions. So I, 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 you know, I was, I was cool. You know what I mean? I was so, able to get through. So okay. how did you feel when you came in, though? Like, to, to be in this new environment, did you, did you feel prepared? Did you feel underprepared? Did you feel overly skilled? Like, what did you feel like coming into that environment with, with all these artists that have been there since ninth right, grade? Right. I felt prepared. I had been prepared. Uh, by Miss Aquila, she really focused on the basics mm-hmm. in terms of you know the uh, elements and principles of design, balance, composition, light, you know, and, and and also in being in photography, you know, I was always dealing with the subject of texture and harmony within a composition, mm-hmm. and you know, and so I sort of had my foundation was strong, you know, and I was strong every day. In addition to all of this, I would. My, <laughs> I was. I was drawing every day. I was. I was. I was pretty much drawing Spider-Man or Wolverine every day. So I'm. I was constantly working on my chops, if you will. Right. And and then I lived in a house. My mother was an artist. Right. Uh, dad's an art collector, and so I was always surrounded by art artists and, mm-hmm. and an amazing Detroit arts community. Mm-hmm. So I, I came in, yeah. I, I mean, I had confidence. I yeah. was, you, you know, I, you, you, you came in with a swagger. I, was, I had a little swag. You, you came in with the George Jefferson walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then that was the other thing. I mean, I, I couldn't be no punk. Like, <laughs> I had to put up a, a good front. But, right. but no, it was, but, but it was, it was great because I was able to look around and everybody around me yeah. was drawn, was Right. was making art had their own projects going right and was using different materials right and so it excited me like yeah. I wanted to be a part of it yeah you know it I wasn't I, I wanted to be a part of the action I was I was really moved by the level of motivation mm-hmm. you know that so That's many some students had. there's <laughs> to, to, a lot though yeah it's yeah. a lot yeah, to me lot. coming from it's a few to, yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. I mean Renaissance was not a visual arts based school yeah, okay. you know that those are those students were much more interested in the sciences right uh, math you know that kind of thing and so to right. see a room for where, where most of the students mm-hmm. are doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're passionate about it right and uh, and I was able to just just by watching just I learned and picked up so much right away and uh, and it was off to the races yeah you know? so let's talk a little bit about uh, man probably a, a guy that saved my life probably mm. <laughs> yeah um what Robert Smith, who, who mm-hmm. just recently passed, that was important to all of us, you yeah. know, from you to uh, Mr. Cliff Notes to mm-hmm. Sidney yeah. James, James to Chris Batten, Chris Batten to yeah. yeah, so so many people. What was what was he for you? Um, and so to give people preface people a little bit, so Robert Smith was he eventually became uh, director of the art department. The head, he? Yeah, head of the art department. Yeah, yeah but when we, we were there, uh, he wasn't. But he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he taught a lot of. What, what, what were his classes that he was he was teaching at that? He time? taught commercial arts. Uh, like one, two, and three. I think right, he handled right. the AP arts. 
uh, program, and I feel like I feel like he taught a little bit of painting as well. Yeah, he taught me how to paint. Yeah, like I didn't yep. I didn't know how to paint mm-hmm. before him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I know pen and ink. I remember was something that he right. taught. Right. And um, yeah, it was all it was all so much of it was skill based. But what what was so amazing about him as an instructor was he set up our classroom like a company. Yeah. Um, you know, especially as seniors, there was so there, and there still are, but there's so many opportunities for young students in terms of art contests, art, art exhibition, <laughs> money, 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 <laughs> money, scholarship opportunities, um, yeah. you know, special programs. Yeah. And so he made those opportunities our assignments. Right. And so we, we had no choice but yes. to participate. Right. You know, and what you learned early on was that the mo- the important part was your participation, not necessarily if you won or lost. Right. In the doing going through the process, not only were you participating in this contest or whatever, but you were at the same time learning all these new skills. Mm-hmm. You're building your portfolio. Right. And you're beginning to understand that you as an artist, no matter whether you're showing in a gallery or you're a graphic designer, you always have a client that you are sort of producing for right. in, in, in a way, or, or audience. Right. And so you have to understand how to make your art so that you communicate your ideas as clearly as possible. Right. You know, and, and, um, and, and in a way that is true to who you are right. and, and your, your skill set as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, was there something that you you took from him, like something that he gave you that became a really important part of, of your practice, or some? What did you? What, what were some of those lessons, or like main lessons that you lesson that you got from? Um, there were just him? so many. I mean, the the big thing I think that he taught me was how to work strategically. And, and methodically right, right. through a work of art like right. it's just not it's not just you getting a picture and copying it or or you um, you know having an idea and only you only do that one the first idea you right, have right. You, that's the one you go with right. no he made us do thumbnail sketch yeah. after thumbnail sketch yeah. we had to put the thumbnail sketches up talk right. about them as a group you know how do you guys feel you know like there was a critique involved right. and you know then okay this is the one you're going to go with what materials are you going to use mm-hmm. do those materials fit what you're trying to say in your work mm-hmm. um, and, and just going through that that process and, and understanding that the actual making of the work is like 10%. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's the research, it's the, it, you know, the, the preparation, uh, it's maintaining an orderly workspace. Mm-hmm. You know, just all of those things. I, I feel like he was preparing us to be professional artists mm-hmm. or professionals in a creative field. Right. And, and understanding what, what that entails and what that means, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. What, what did you get from uh, Mr. Ashkanian? <laughs> oh, man. So explain, explain Mr. Ashkanian <laughs> so, uh, to the listeners. Richard Ashkanian is <laughs> an am- amazing teacher. He, amazing uh, personality, amazing Amazing personality. He he wore this lab coat. He had this 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 clean white beard. His right. glasses. The and 
Yes. The dance, he would dance throughout the classroom. <laughs> he would dance throughout the classroom, but he, he threw shade constantly. Absolutely. Every day. He was just going in on you and just, he like stripped you down. Like he read you. Yeah. You know, when you walked into the class, he read your emotions, what you were feeling, like trying to figure you out. Right. And, and then from there, he's like, okay, I think today you need to work with some gouache paint. Yeah. And we need you need to work on making circles because yeah. you have you spinning right now. So right. you're gonna spin on this, right. on this piece right. of paper. Right. And if he liked you, he loved you though. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah like and, he do you remember he had like the pictures of his students like at his desk that he liked over all the years? And it was like <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was like Ben Gordon and David Allen Greer and right. like uh, <laughs> They were such lovely students, unlike these other masters. That was it. <laughs> he was a, he was a character, and um, and I I remember I was doing this large painting of Lonnie Guineer. I don't know if anyone remembers Lonnie Guineer. And next to Lonnie Guineer, I had an uh, issue of. Art in America, and uh, on the cover there was a Lucian Freud painting. It was uh, a self-portrait by Lucian Freud. Uh, and so I'm like painting, and I'm trying to copy the style of Lucian Freud. Uh, and one day he was like, you know you're not Lucian Freud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you will never be that great. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> right. He's like... Put the magazine down. Yeah. Put it away. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that's that's not you. That's not who you are. Right. He can inspire you. You can learn. You can pick up some some things, but you can't copy. It, like yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And when I that that was one of the most freeing moments in my life in, in terms of as an artist. Mm -hmm. uh, when he when he made me put that down, and I had to look inward and really focus on okay, what is what is my style? What does it mean to mm -hmm for me to put paint on this canvas mm -hmm. as a black man. And, and what was what know. was that? Like what 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 was the the mission statement that was kind of coming into fruition for you at this time of who you were as an artist? Um well that's a good question. I, I don't I don't know. I mean <laughs> I was really beginning I, I'll say this uh, you know, you hear athletes say this sometimes. The game was slowing down for me right. in his class, and and mm -hmm. unlike other you know other other classes. So, right. I was beginning to see things in slow motion, mm -hmm. and he kind of walked me through that process. Mm -hmm. And and so, sort of inside of me, I realized that I had a whole nother level of excellence that mm. you know I, mm. I could I could achieve you yeah. know if if I was focused enough and clear enough in my vision right going in and 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 true to that vision mm -hmm. um and and I knew that I could achieve whatever it is I I wanted to achieve mm. and and I and in that painting like that painting you know that that was up to that point. That was like my <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> you know, it was the largest painting I had ever painted, uh -huh. and um, yeah, I, I, I just I, that it gave me another level of validation in, in that more time in my life where right. I knew, like, okay, I, I now understand that whenever I move into a new such situation, I have to step my game up, right. and I figured out how to do that in his right. class. You know, right? So. Leaving Cass, um, where did you end up after after Cass? Oh, I went to the University of Michigan. Yeah. 
I see you still good, still on good terms with you of him, obviously. Wearing <laughs> we had a big win last jacket. night. Go blue. Uh, no, so, um, no. I went to University of Michigan. I went. I was able to go directly into the art school. I remember that doesn't happen. All the time where you go directly into the art school? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, So um, my mom took me up to Ann Arbor for a visit. Right. Uh, It was raining that whole day. And we had a we were visiting with the dean of the art program. And once we got on campus, it stopped raining. And the sun came out. Break of Dawn by De La Soul came on the radio. (laughs) We were driving down State Street. And I was like, this is this is where I want to be. Wow. And we like basically I feel like I raided the dean's office because like I put up every art piece of art I had ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Just lined his office. And, you know, I think he knew like, OK, he's an artist. He needs to come directly into the art program. Wow. Like, Let's not fool around. Mm-hmm. Like he's it's pretty clear on who this kid is. So what was it like being in, in, in our department at U of M? So. It was great. It was wonderful. I, I had a really wonderful experience. I had already built uh, uh, Al Hinton, uh, the sculptor, was a professor there, mm-hmm. and I had already known him, um, you know, through my parents. And so I had already had sort of a, a connection, you mm-hmm. know, a rapport. And uh, Jim Cogswell was like my primary instructor, and it was great. I mean, they really kind of led me throughout, you know, my five years while I was there, Mm -hmm. and I had so many amazing opportunities as a student that I was able to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And I had a great friend group, too. I was was really lucky in that I had a really strong nucleus of friends that were good people, Mm -hmm. and that I was able to connect with, and we were able to go on that journey together, you know? Yeah, so at that time, where did you feel like you were creatively? Like, what were some of the things that were kind of in your mind and your heart creatively at this time? Oh, creatively? I, well, I thought I was going to be, I thought I was going to be a rapper. I thought I was going to be a did comic you, yeah, book yeah. artist. Uh, I thought I was going to be, uh, I, was, I was collecting records. I was going to produce. Like, I wanted to do everything. But all I ended up doing was painting. <laughs> <laughs> and how come? <laughs> how come? I mean that it, that was just my um, that was just my calling. I mean, I, I, so. I had I had one moment where uh, me and my friends we we had a rap group. Mm-hmm. You never told me this. I never told you. This. <laughs> <laughs> Our rap group lasted for about three weeks, and then I, well, you know, one guy in the group was he decided he was going to pursue his solo career, uh-huh. and we're we're seventeen, you know, in college, yeah. Yeah. and. Uh, yeah, and so we we did a performance though at the Capitalist show, uh-huh. and for some reason I was not nervous going in. Like I knew my lyrics and had uh-huh. practiced. You remember them? No, man. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember them you now. Sure? I, I forgot them then. Okay, all right, go ahead. No, I'm gonna let it go. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. But I mean, it, you know, it, it was it was another reminder. Like Singor, you're an artist. You're a visual artist. Right. Right. Go make art. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of work were you doing at that time? At, at U of M. I was actually focused more on being an abstract artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for a long time, I was really interested in design. 
I was really interested in like really experimenting with materials. Mm -hmm. But in a weird kind of way, making art in that way felt too easy to, for me. In what way? Because, well, I, I, made, I remember I made a series of like abstract paintings. Right. And it was like, there were like two abstract painting pieces that I felt were terrible. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the class was like, oh, this is like, you, this is amazing. Uh -huh. And I was like, is this all it takes to be an abstract artist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the young, the youth, you know, the young person in me thinking this, but, yeah. you know, from that point on, I realized, like, I really wanted to challenge myself. And so then that's when I started moving. Towards the end of my college tenure, I started moving into the figure mm -hmm. and, and painting people and, and, my heroes, who at the time were all like rappers and hip hop artists, and uh, such as so, Rouse Paint, Red Man, Q Tip, <laughs> Tribe uh, Called Quest. Uh -huh. um, I was I was basing. I had a whole series of gouache paintings that I based on Common Sense's Communism uh, mm -hmm. uh, record, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I, I just all of that stuff was influencing me at the time. Uh, Lauren Hill, the Fugees. Mm -hmm. I was writing poetry, you know, in response to some of the music that was coming out. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it was just that was a special time, you know, for me creatively, mm -hmm. and um, I, I was just able to really flourish, you right. know, doing a lot of different things. Right. So what was what was the next step after that? Uh, next step after that, uh, left, graduated from the University of Michigan and enrolled at Wayne State University, mm -hmm. where I received my uh, master's degree in art education uh -huh. and my teaching certification. Right. And I started teaching at Nataki Taliba Schoolhouse. Right. Uh, that was around 2000, and I taught there for three years and. Then from there, taught for three more years at Southeastern High School on the DP mm -hmm. side. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. My neck of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, I, I was able to return to Cass Technical and High what School. What was that? What was that like, man? <laughs> it was like coming home. I swear, like that last day, I'm like, I am never stepping into this building ever again. I never did either. Like, they tore it down before I stepped back in it. I was like, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> so what was it like coming back to the, the school? Well, I, well, actually, so coming back, by that time, they had built a new building. Yeah. And so the old building had been closed down for, at that point, for about a year or so. And so, but it still, for me, it felt like I was coming home. Right. Um, I had a a special connection, mm -hmm. you know, coming back to teach a cast and no and I took the place of Robert Smith who retired. Right. And um so I took over the, the commercial arts program and for six years, mm -hmm. you know, I tried to maintain, you know, that stellar production and and, and maintain the program mm -hmm. and give is everything I could give to the students like it had been given to me. So what did you Notice perhaps like uh, is like maybe some of the similarities or differences in students that you were now teaching and guiding uh, versus your experience as a student at, at CAS. Like, did it did it seem culturally different in any way? Like, what what were the differences? What were the similarities? What I, honestly, I feel like. There were, I don't I don't feel like there were there was much of a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there were students who 
were more reflective of what was happening in Detroit mm. in terms of, you know, a dwindling population, mm. you know, job loss, neighborhoods uh, being abandoned. Mm. And, but outside of that, though, you, I still had brilliant creative students. Right, I'm sure, yeah. You know, who were there to learn. Yeah. And who were lear- trying to learn how to best channel their energy. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, it was my job to redirect that energy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, the biggest difference, I, you know, I, I would say is the cell phone. I was probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, that that is a, a distraction that has been, as a teacher, has been hard to overcome. I, I've been there, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which we, we didn't have. Yeah. You know, we didn't have have that as a distraction. I, I feel like our distractions were much more social. Right, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Um, but, but outside of that, I mean, I still, you know, it was just like it was when I went to school there. You could walk down the halls, you still had kids over in the corner singing. Mm-hmm. You'd have kids over here who were da- working on their dance right, moves. Right. Kids coming through the hall with their portfolios. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you still had mm-hmm. that amazing creative energy mm-hmm. um, happening at Cass. And I, th- I think you still do. And were you able to, to, to still practice um, as an artist while you were doing this? Like, how did you work out? like this full-time job of teaching Mm -hmm. the arts with your own uh, personal practice? Well, in terms of my personal practice, I just had, I've always, since I started teaching, I've always maintained a a sort of a mental schedule Mm -hmm. where I I kind of just have a mandate that at least once a week, twice a week, I have to make it to the studio or I have to engage in my practice in some way. Mm -hmm. Or, Or I would create lessons with my students that I, you know, and, and, and if I had to like demonstrate mm-hmm. a drawing or a painting for them, I would make it so that it would also kind of fit in my practice. Right. And so the two really began to speak to one another. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whatever I was, in order for me to teach something in the classroom, I had to learn how to do it. Right. And then I was able to then add that new skill back to my practice and vice versa. Right, 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 right. So at at this time then, what kind of things are you working on in, in your personal practice? During the time when I was at Cast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those early years of teaching too. And those were um I was just uh painting, painting people. Again, uh I kind of moved out of sort of painting things that dealt with more of a hip-hop related subject matter Mm -hmm. and I started dealing with painting other artists that I admired Mm -hmm. and painting Mm -hmm. doing paintings that in some way related to their subject matter and then eventually I started I I had always painted people in interior spaces Mm -hmm. and so one day I was like you know I want to paint somebody outside Mm -hmm. and I realized like wow like single like you've never painted clouds before. Like, you've never painted mm. grass. Like, mm. I never really dealt with landscape, mm. you know, uh, as a painter. Mm-hmm. And so I had to start practicing. Like, okay, how do you paint clouds? Mm. Like, so I painted all these cloud paintings. Mm-hmm. And then I, paid, I painted all these paintings that dealt with grass and leaves. Mm-hmm. And eventually I found water. And mm. when I started painting water, like, mm-hmm. it was like... It was an it was it was a, a completely different experience in that I was able to sort of recall my abstract tendencies from college, mm. 
And I was able to focus on really painting environments across a surface mm -hmm. that, and, and creating a sense of rhythm and harmony mm -hmm. that I think you, I couldn't really do mm -hmm. when I was painting those other subject matters. And, mm -hmm. um, and it freed me, you mm -hmm. know. How, what do you feel like it freed you from? It freed me from a certain amount of tightness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're painting, for, well, for me, if I am painting a person, it just there are moments where just physically my range of motion is very limited to my wrist or my you know my elbow, and to paint a large on a large surface and, and to paint water, so, you know suddenly I'm using my body, I'm using my whole arm, mm -hmm. and I'm realizing that you know my my whole mind. And when I say mind, I mean mind, body, spirit, soul mm -hmm. is active in the creation of this painting. Mm -hmm. I had to get up from the chair. Like I yeah. had to, you know, it was it was a much more physical, yeah. whole body experience, yeah. a, whole, a whole body, a, a total body workout. <laughs> and so, um, when, you, when you're painting this kind of stuff, what are you listening to? Are you listening to anything? Is it silent? What's happening? Oh no, I'm I'm listening to, to everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how how um, does what you listen to inform like water, like painting water? So if I paint, if I paint water or something that is very frenetic or, or very active, mm -hmm. then typically I'm listening to music that is very frenetic and very emotional. Yeah. So First thing I thought was Pharrell Sanders. <laughs> who yeah, right. You? <laughs> You're like, what would you put on if you paint water? Like, you know, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm listening to like Archie Shep or, uh, or, or you know, or uh, sometimes I'll listen to like Bobby Hutcherson, mm -hmm. you know, something that's maybe a little bit smoother. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm listening to more of a bebop, fast yeah. pace yeah. uh, kind of music. If I am painting something that <clears throat> requires a more, f a different level of focus where mm -hmm. I have to really take my time and be very, um, be very diligent in the way that I handle detail mm -hmm. and, and, and operate like from a, cr a critical awareness standpoint, mm -hmm. then I'll listen to music that is much calmer, mm -hmm. you know, or I'll listen to like a podcast you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. or something that's a little bit more thought provoking that, you know, and that'll allow for my body to sort of settle down. Right. When I try, if, if I have something frenetic playing and I'm trying to like focus, like I'm just, I can't settle down because I want to dance. I want right. to, I want to, I want to interact in some way with the music. So. Right. Where do you, where do you feel like you're at at this moment? Are you still in the space of water and, and landscape or where are you at right now? Well, I, I sort of got to a, a point in my paintings where I really questioned myself like, okay, Singor, like you now have done all these paintings of water. Like, you know, you've done 200 paintings and drawings of water or whatever. <laughs> like, so what? What does this mean? Like, yeah. and, and so I had to really begin to question like, what does water really mean to me personally? Mm -hmm. Do I drink enough water? Am I hydrated on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of water do I like to drink? You know, do the people around me drink water? And so, and right around as, that, at this, as this is happening, my wife started going on this, this challenge of drinking like a gallon of water a day mm -hmm. or, or, or at least reaching uh, 
the point where she's drinking half of her body weight in ounces, mm-hmm. which is how much That's water we're supposed water. to drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and so from that point, you know, yeah. I was like, I don't need to do that. I'm going to drink this juice. I'm good, you know. <laughs> and then I started while looking at my wife, and her skin is all clean and crispy. <laughs> She's going to the gym. <laughs> you know, like, her hair was all healthy. I'm all ashy. You know? <laughs> Moving slow, <laughs> sluggish, you know. And so it's like, okay, well, single, like, if you're painting, you know, don't talk about it, be about it, right. you know. Um, so I started, since then, I've been thinking much more mm-hmm. about making art that is coming from a more personal place mm-hmm. in terms of dealing with my interactions with water, physically drinking water, mm-hmm. um, using water. And so that's becoming more and more a part of, bigger part of my practice. You don't feel like the personal was a part of your practice as much uh, earlier on? Or? No. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I was looking at water from a very, I mean, now in, in, in hindsight, mm-hmm. I was looking at water from a very superficial, topical, uh, which was cool. I mean, that was part of the process. Yeah. But I wanted to dig much deeper, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so that's, I mean, this we're talking, this is like, you know, a year and a half ago, a year ago. Right. You know, and so some of these things are beginning to come more to fruition now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, we were having a conversation recently about just transitions in, in, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the feeling from you that you feel like certain things are emerging in you that you need space to kind of facilitate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me curious about like how you um, wish to cre- like move forward basically in, as a creative. Like mm-hmm. um, I'm curious about like what are like maybe ultimate sort of goals or aspirations if there are any. Um, yeah, like w- w- what would be for you the highest point of your creative practice? Mm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I brought these notes. These notes don't mean nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get everything on here, though? Yeah, 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 no, we're cool. I mean, you know, it's, we're cool. I mean, <laughs> process, process. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't thought about I don't I don't think I don't think about my work in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at this as a journey mm-hmm. and I look at this as a a day by day kind of thing. So like most recently this summer I did my first performance piece. Um did not know about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it was a, it was a early morning in July, eight AM. I was at Peterson Park in Detroit, uh-huh. uh right on Curtis and Greenfield. Mm-hmm. And I put on a wetsuit mm-hmm. and I performed in front of an audience of about thirty five, forty people. There was we were on the tennis courts. And so I engaged in uh, you know, sort of this a very personal process mm-hmm. of self-healing, um, you know, regeneration. So I was praying, I was 
doing yoga. I was doing calisthenics. Mm-hmm. The, the whole time, I also have these like visual aids that are along the fence. Mm-hmm. And as I'm, as I'm engaging in these practices, I'm revealing messages mm-hmm. um, you know, from, you know, from these, uh, these big banners that I had up. And eventually, I faced the audience mm-hmm. and began communicating with the audience using scuba diving signals and gestures mm-hmm. and basically was talking to the audience about water mm. and uh you know the name of my project is called the aquatic messaging system mm. and so it's all about me exploring different ways that i can communicate directly with the community about water mm-hmm. um the need for more water the 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 need for understanding the issues that we're dealing with in Detroit surrounding water mm-hmm. um, and and just beginning to engage in sort of a new a whole new medium and mm-hmm. a, a whole new aspect of my career because I mean that's a part of it too is everything that I want to say as an artist I can't always say in a painting right. or in a drawing right. and for me um, for the last three or four years, I just kept having, literally having visions of me standing on Seven Mile with a wetsuit on. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. Uh-huh. I was like, you're crazy. Like, what's going on? Like, something's going wrong with you. Uh-huh. But eventually I yielded to it and I said, I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. And I don't care what my belly looks like. <laughs> like, I just, I have to, like, honestly engage in this practice. Yeah. And I have to communicate these ideas and I, I have to get it out. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know where that's going to lead me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the future. But yeah, I, it felt great. It felt liberating. And now I'm coming back to my paintings with a, a completely different perspective. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did it bring to your paintings, you think? It, it, it brought a, it, I'm not, in approaching painting now, I'm not overworking things so much. Right. I'm learning how to say things simpler, in a simpler way mm-hmm. in my paintings mm-hmm. and in a more straightforward way. And I'm also, there are also certain painting ideas that I'm no longer afraid of. Like what? You know, um, just, just, there's just certain, I, like visual ideas mm-hmm. that I think about you know, and as an artist, sometimes it's like, oh man, I wanna, I wanna paint gold. I wanna put something gold in my painting. You know, mm. and it's like, oh man, but then you gotta learn how to paint gold. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, as I'm growing, yeah, those fears wash away one by one. I mean, because you always have fears; it's a natural thing. Right. But you know, as you continue to grow and try new things mm-hmm. and take more creative risks it allows for you to deal with those fears that you have and, right. and, and open up, you know, much more. Yeah. What's, what's your feeling on the state of the arts, culture, and community in the city right now? I think it's great. I think it's been great. I think that through all of Detroit's ups and downs and trials and tribulations, as far as my experience growing up here, the visual arts community has always been very strong. Mm-hmm. And it has always flourished and survived through tough times, through the good times. And so I think it, that's one of the reasons why now mm-hmm. our arts community has exploded mm-hmm. because there's been this foundation that's, just, that's always been there mm-hmm. uh, for artists to come from all over the world yeah. and engage in a creative practice yeah. surrounded by 
other creatives. Mm-hmm. And unlike so many other cities, we all support each other. Yeah. You know, we all, I mean, some of the biggest collectors in Detroit are artists. Right. You right. know, like right. we, when we go to each other's shows, yeah. we're buying each other's yeah. work, we're exchanging work, we're doing projects together, right. we're collaborating. So, who are some of those people that are, are like muses for you? Or people that make you like go, all right, I gotta get back in the gym. Or I'm oh. gonna get back in the, like, who are those people that, that just make you feel beautiful about being an artist? Uh, well, I, I could recall Cass Technical High School and uh, watching you and Jason Phillips make art. Uh, you were, you, really? the two of you <laughs> in high school, the two of you along with Wajid. Yeah. Uh, were my primary, like in terms of my peers, were my primary influences, uh-huh. and um, and from from there it's just continued to grow. I mean, I could name Gilda Snowden's another yeah, right. uh, person, CCS, my, yeah, CCS yeah. from College for Creative Studies. My mom has always been, you mm-hmm. know, a driving and inspiring force mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in my life, and um, and so yeah, so it's. There's so many people doing so many creative things. I just got a chance to see Jennifer Harge's uh, performance <laughs> at the Detroit Artist Market, uh-huh. and it just it, it was mind blowing. And um, and and, to, and you were a part of that, you know. Yes, I was. And uh, so just all that synergy uh-huh. is so strong here, um, and it's something popping off every weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, so that. That's one of the major things that mm-hmm. that drives me, and 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 I'm influenced by all of those people. Why why do you think that synergy is here? Like, what do you feel creates that synergy that exists in a city that people from all over the world point to Detroit and like they're on to something? Like, what do you think it is here? Right. That. Well, I mean, I think this has always been a a, a city that's been about uh, ingenuity and 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 innovation. Mm-hmm. And creation and and making new things. I mean, there are always. And the, the the interesting thing about it is that Detroiters never are never seeking outside validation right. for doing those things. Right. And so when you you know you meet so many people in Detroit, going we can go years back who they worked in the factory. But as soon as they left the factory, they went up to the jazz club and pulled out a trombone right. and played all night. Right. You know, or they uh, went into a studio and made art, mm-hmm. or they uh, they went into their basement and they were an invent they were inventing things and and tr- and trying to patent things and. Mm-hmm. You know, or working in the community. Now we have this huge urban farming, um, um, you know, movement happening. So, you know, Detroiters are always, you know, due to the state of the city and and the way that this city is designed, Mm -hmm. we're always trying to come up with solutions to problems. Right. Which leads us to invent and innovate and create. Mm -hmm. And we know that we are doing it for the betterment of our community. And that that's the most important thing, mm-hmm. um, and that's and that's the thing that has sustained us um, as a city, you know, th- through through all the ups and downs, you know, financially that we've gone gone through, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and um, yeah, and it's and that and that energy is has attracted more energy. You know, and a, lot of, a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> for better and for worse. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you navigate that? Either 
the just the the shift because uh we were talking to somebody that uh that just been here and i was trying to explain to them like it was a time where everybody that was here was like from like we didn't see anybody that wasn't from here like Mm -hmm. it like it wasn't a destination Mm -hmm. like it is now you know and i think for some you know people born and raised here to some degree it's a little disconcerting to see things changing so rapidly like what's your personal uh feel about those shifts i mean um change is good and i think that change is inevitable and i don't think that i never i don't think that you know you should ever carry burdens um, that, you know, it's not your responsibility to carry. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we, you can't, as change happens, you have to adapt and you always have to look inward mm-hmm. in terms of how you're going to adapt. Right. And so I think that in watching other people come to this city and have their business together and say I'm going to buy this property and I'm going to rehab it and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, you know, if you've been here for a long time, that might be a disrupting thing for right. you. But what are you going to do? Right. You know, are you, are you going to do that? Are you, what are you going to innovate? What are you going to build? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to respond to this change in a positive way? Mm-hmm. And so for me as an artist, I mean, I'm, always trying to focus on the business of art and my the business side of what I do mm-hmm. um, and you know doing the things that artists don't like to do like writing artist statements <laughs> photographing your work and cataloging your work and archiving your work and right. you know all of these things because you, you have to you can't be upset about someone else's narrative about you if right. you haven't created a narrative for yourself right and so I'm trying to work on my own narrative right. and, and my story and the story of my family. Uh, one of the things my wife and I have founded in recent months is Colored Greens. It's an online community mm-hmm. celebrating black arts and culture. And so we are trying to expand the conversations that people have about art right. and, and trying to make art more of a regular everyday conversation that everybody has. Cause we, we have that in Detroit. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Like yeah. you can just meet somebody off the street, like, man, you see that new, uh, that new Carrie James Marshall exhibition. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you, you know about that? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, right. like you have conversations like that in Detroit, right. but people coming in Detroit always say like, well, we don't have that. Right. Where I'm from. Right. You know, and so we want to open up this community, expand right. these conversations. Right. And, um, you know, and, and so that's that's sort of my answer, mm-hmm. you know, to this disruption and to this change that's happening. Right. So how do people make contact with this project and make contact with you? Oh, they can go to color.greens on Instagram, uh, follow us, mm-hmm. um, and uh, or you can go to colorgreens.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website. Yes. And uh, that's that's one way. Uh, yeah. You know, that's the beginning. Yeah. You know, in terms of that engagement. 
I'm also involved with the National Conference of Artists Gallery. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the Michigan chapter has been in existence since the early 1970s. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we operate out of the Northwest Activity Center. Right. And so that's another way that, you know, uh, people can be involved. Uh, we have meetings every month mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and uh, openings, art yeah. shows and everything. And um, it's a great place for artists to come together, collaborate share information yeah. and um and and keep this this community vibrant keep it going yeah man yeah yeah, yeah. so um also uh any shows coming up oh yes uh i will i'm having my next performance on Nove this November 16th, Where? Saturday, at the Raw Space on Six Mile. Okay. Uh, Six Mile, right right across the street from Mary Grove. Are you going to text me and remind me, right? Because you know I'm in social <laughs> media, right? <laughs> You're going to text me this time, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, put it on your calendar. I'll put you on my guest list. Okay, good. Yeah. good. So in closing. <laughs> you'll see. Yes. They're closing. Uh, imagine, like, you, 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 you walked into a room and it was... The newborn you, right? Okay. What would you What would you say to that newborn? Oh, a newborn me. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you a day one. What would you say? You, you now walking into a room and seeing you a day one. What would you say to that? Well, you asked that me baby. a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> what would I say to my younger self? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I try not. That's a hard. It don't question. have to be nothing. It can be whatever. I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have many regrets. I don't. I try not to live my life. But, uh, all right, this sounds silly. I would say... Silly is good. Go ahead. I would probably say make sure you floss and brush your teeth every day. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why you got that good smile now. Yeah, I'm going to keep it real. Right. right. <laughs> if you keep it real, that's probably what I would say. That's my younger You might have told him that already. You, you got all your teeth. <laughs> all right, man. That and, uh, and buy Apple stock. All I don't right, know. Man. So... It's been fun, man. Always, man. Sterling Toll Show at Detroit is different. Thank Interviewing you. my man, my brother, Singo Reed. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. All right, man. Every Peace. Day. All right. Peace. All right. <laughs> That's what's up. We get most of